Hey, Founder Fam, before we dive into another incredible conversation, I want to share something really special with you. Whether you're just joining us or you've been following us since the beginning, you've been a critical part of our community working to change entrepreneurial education. I started Founder almost a decade ago with the mission to provide entrepreneurs access to the world's greatest business leaders. Our goal was to break down barriers to entrepreneurial education, and that's taken us on a journey from Founder Magazine to this podcast and beyond. And today marks the next step in that journey, Founder Plus. I'm proud to introduce you to Founder Plus, which is an all-access pass to each of our online courses and programs and their proven frameworks for success. It puts every strategy we've compiled from world-class instructors at your fingertips while connecting you to a global network of like-minded entrepreneurs. Founder Plus will take your business to the next level for today and tomorrow. So whether you've just joined our family or you've watched us grow from humble beginnings, we're really thrilled to have you join us in this exciting new phase of making the founder brand and this company the world's best entrepreneurial community to launch and grow your business. So finally, before we get into today's episode, I'm inviting you to come back, check out Founder Plus and go to founder.com forward slash membership. I'm really excited, guys. This is an incredible new evolution of entrepreneurial education, and our mission is really to get as many of these founders that we interview to teach and also give back on the Founder Plus platform and really go more in depth with the knowledge and the experiences and the lessons learned that they're sharing all in Founder Plus. So guys, please go check it out if you're enjoying these interviews. That's it from me. I hope you enjoy this episode. Now let's jump in. This is episode number 430 with AJ Casada of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human. Who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating, fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. Now. now, the Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Seth Ghost, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Four years ago today, AJ's first business was failing. After leaving a corporate job to start a social media marketing agency, he had stuck it out, but things just weren't working. So he left his home in New York City to do a road trip around the country visiting major cities to prospect for clients. He had less than $500 to his name when he started that trip, and within two weeks of traveling, he earned $6,000 in monthly revenues saving the business. After selling that agency, AJ's taken now his B2B sales experience he learned to start a new business called Revenue Boost, and his mission at Revenue Boost is to empower other entrepreneurs with marketing and sales skills and strategies they need to succeed and realize their potential. Today, we're proud to announce that we've actually partnered with AJ, and he's going to teach our newest program called Find Your Dream Clients, which will uncover AJ's surefire way to grow your sales and land dream clients without spending a fortune on content marketing or Facebook ads. So if you want to know lead generation strategies, you want to know how to do B2B lead gen, AJ's your guy. 
please welcome to the podcast, AJ Casada. Hey, Founder Fam, before we jump into today's conversation, I'd love to take a minute to tell you about this episode's sponsor, Sales Master AI. When iOS 14 hit, a lot of us didn't really know how to respond. And at Founder, part of our response has been turning to trusted experts like SMAI to lead the way forward. SMAI has really helped us drive the performance of our cost per acquisition to really acquire customers on Facebook. So do you want your ads to work better? Then if so, salesmaster.ai can help your business engage more buyers automatically using AI that places your ads in real time in front of audiences most likely to convert. So you can really increase the performance post iOS 15 and take the guesswork out of growth. Head to the link in our show notes to learn more now. Okay, now on to today's episode. The first question I ask everyone that comes on is, how did you get your job, aka how did you find yourself doing the work you're doing today? Um, yeah, man, actually I first got into lead generation in the sales world when I was 18. Yep. Um, I was kind of very lost and directionless in college. I was just going to community college and had no idea what I wanted to do. I kind of had an inkling that I might want to get into business because my dad was an entrepreneur as well. But um, honestly, a recruiter came to my classroom. I was like probably half asleep during one of those uh, marketing classes and just said, hey, you know, get into sales. It's great. You can make a ton of money this summer. So I just figured I'll give it a try and kind of found I had a knack for it. Um, yeah, I spent like uh, the spring and summer really working my tail off, but ended up making over, ended up making a little bit over 20 grand, yeah. which was way better than what I was making at my uh, pizza job as an 18-year-old. Mm. So this was recruiting, being a recruiter? No, the recruiter came into my class um, and it was working for a construction company doing sales and marketing. Yeah. But I actually ended up having to go door to door and sell uh, house painting services all summer. Didn't know that at the uh, interview <laughs> process. But um, yeah, it was an absolute grind. I was basically working full time while going to school. Yeah, wow. Okay, interesting. So then what happened next? Yeah, so I ended up doing pretty well. I was actually the top salesperson in New York State. So I said, all right, let me you know give the sales thing a proper go. Um, the following year, I got promoted into sales management. Ended up even having a team of like 20 salespeople beneath me. So I dropped out of school just to really go full force into it and see what I could what I could do because I was you know learning so much actually doing business versus sitting in a classroom and um, kind of just ran with that for like four to five years just acquired a lot of skills but then eventually kind of got a little bit burned out and I don't know I guess I kind of realized like hey I just learned how to build a business right I learned marketing sales hiring um, yeah all the things you really need to get a business off my ground. I was working for this company, making them way more money than they were paying me. So I just figured, let me just give it a go to see if I can do something on my own. Yeah, got you. So tell me about the journey of your first business, Magic Clicks. Oh, man, that's a good one. <laughs> so after I left my job, I uh, decided to, you know, I, I, look, I asked myself what I was good at. And I was good at marketing and sales and specifically like the outbound, you know, lead generation, cold calling, all that. Yeah. So I started a business called Magic Clicks with actually my girlfriend at the time. And uh, our whole intention was just to help other small businesses with the same, with their lead generation and sales. And um, we decided to actually go on a road trip. And we were living in a van for a few months and uh, traveled around to just major cities in the U.S. to try to land clients. Yep. And how did that go? What happened next? Yeah, not as good as expected at first. Uh, I had all this confidence coming out from the job and, you know, just being really good at sales at that point. And I thought it was going to be a breeze. But for the first three to four months, it was an absolute struggle. Like uh, working super hard, 60 to 80 hours a week, but not landing a single client, you know? Yeah, wow. Um, 
Yeah, at the lowest point, I had like just a couple hundred bucks in my bank account. Yeah. And uh, I was thinking like, man, I might have to go beg my old boss for a job and go back to that. Yeah, wow. And uh, so what happened? Like, uh, yeah, well, tell me, like, let's just keep following this story. Yeah, I mean, honestly, man, it was like right at that low point, everything just clicked all of a sudden the next week. It was like something out of a movie, you know? Uh, one of the clients that we had prospected a little while back called us back that he wanted to sign up for a few grand a month for marketing. And then two more did the next week. And then soon enough, we were making 10 grand a month, which was more than I was making in my job. But it was funny. It wasn't like I did anything different for those few weeks when we just went from zero to 10,000 a month. It was just, you know, all the compound interest from the past efforts and just kind of like repeating that sales process of getting leads, having meetings, you know, pitching our offer, all of that. Got you. And uh, fast forward to now? Yeah, now I um, most recently started a company called Revenue Boost uh, just under a year ago. And um, we help other small business owners and agencies with the same thing, really the lead generation and sales process, mostly in a B2B environment. I've basically been through the whole process of getting something, you know, off the ground from nothing like four times because we also got hit hard during COVID and had to kind of restart. So I've just really learned what it takes to kind of develop a lead generation process, you know, get meetings booked, get sales. And I found a lot of other small business owners and agencies, they don't really, they don't really know how to do that. You know, they know what their product or their service is, but no one's really taught them how to sell, so we help fill that gap. Because, mm. yeah, that's, that's, that's a really big problem, especially for sure. B2B companies. It's how do you get more leads, right? How do you get more leads? How do you get more leads? How do you get more leads? But then it's not all leads are created equal. No, there's a lot of bum leads, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So we're going to get into this Yeah. because anybody that's watching, you have a you know, B2B SaaS company, you have a professional service, you have a digital agency, coach, consultant, whatnot, um, selling any form of high ticket, like AJ's the man. So um, before we jump in and start getting into some of the tactics, I'm curious, what were some of the challenges in the early days of starting? You said you started a few different companies, but really an agency effectively around lead gen. What were some of the early challenges? Yeah, so I mean, definitely, getting it off the ground and just having months and months of not having a single win was tough. And I think, you know, that was really when I discovered cold email. That was what we really used to get that business off the ground. But the biggest challenge was just standing out. You know, like if you're running a marketing agency or a web design agency or, I mean, most businesses, they sell something that plenty of other businesses sell too. So if you have a pretty commoditized service, it's really hard to stand out because any business owner you're reaching out to to sell your services, they get hundreds of pitches a day, right? I'm sure it happens to you as well. So um, yeah, just finding ways to kind of get my ideal client's attention, how to stand out, and also how to get the right clients. Because like you mentioned earlier, it's one thing to get leads. Plenty of people will be willing to take a meeting if they think they'll get some free information out of it. But actually getting clients that could pay us what we wanted to, pay us what we wanted for the work we wanted to do was a, was a big struggle. Mm. So um, yeah, we've got to delve into this because it sounds like, you know, lead gen, cold email, you know, you're, you're effectively doing it now to grow your own business and other businesses. Yeah. Um, and the, the cool part about it is, is it, it doesn't cost you anything. Really. Yeah, it's amazing. Like, like, like that, that's, that is, is, is game changing. And you know, like the recruiter that, that we use for founder, like that come from a cold email. We spent, we spent a lot of money using his services. And, right? he, and he or she emailed you first, yep, yeah? Correct, correct. Yep, there you go. Yep, yep. Um, you know, if, uh, yeah, I've actually done business with a lot of businesses that have sent a really good cold email. So it's, it's really interesting. You don't, you don't often think 
about how powerful it is, but it can be super powerful and doesn't cost you anything, right? Yeah. Like, and I think that's a great alternative for people if they're looking for more leads, how can they basically get clients, get users, uh, get customers from your methods? So um, tell me what happened with COVID. You said you guys got hit hard. What happened next? What happened? Yeah, so with um, the agency, we were mostly serving local businesses. So almost all of them dropped out in basically just a few weeks. It was, what was it, uh, 2020 was when it was pretty bad, right? Yeah. So um, we kind of had to relaunch from that point and basically start from scratch. But at least we had kind of the processes for like how to get leads, how to get clients. So it was way easier the second time around. Mm, got you. And so you started again from scratch. How quickly did you get traction? Much quicker than the first time. I mean, it took us like less than five or six months to get over. I mean, we got over $10,000 a month in the first month or two. Yep. And then we got over $50,000 a month. Yeah, within half a year. Yeah, wow. Following the same process, just having it more more refined. Yeah, wow, interesting. So at that point, you've started from zero multiple times. You know, what do you think is the key or what is the key piece to your success? Is it this cold email outreach strategy and, and finding clients lead gen? Is that is that what it is? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, cold email is a part of it, but I think in general, it's just having a process to get clients. I think most entrepreneurs, they just wing it with sales, you know? Especially if they're like charismatic, they think they can just go out and kind of network and talk to people, and it, and it definitely works. You can you can rely on your network and rely on referrals, but you can't you can't control that. You know, you'll kind of eventually hit a plateau. So, if I look at the consistent theme to success in all the businesses I've been in, I think it's just having that very consistent, very repeatable sales process. I mean, this stuff works in any industry, right? Any business you're selling to, they can be reached through email, phone call, LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah, and it just like. Like if you think of e-commerce, right? If you want to do wholesale. Easy, yeah. Right? Wholesale, retail, that's the process. You got SaaS business, B2B SaaS business, that's the process. Yeah. You got an agency, digital product, that's the process. Yeah, for sure. That's why I'm so excited about it because it really works for anything. You know, like LinkedIn's the biggest uh, B2B database in the world, right? You can find anyone on there. Mm, so with your process for effectively doing lead gen, finding clients, do you need a big ads budget? Zero. You spend zero dollars right now on, on ads? Zero, yeah. Not even remarketing? No, not really. Because you can do that as well through email and LinkedIn, yeah. yeah not that wow. it's a bad idea. Yeah, um, yeah. And right now we're just super focused on the outbound and the organic side. Um, yeah. But I think it's, you know, to start a business with paid ads is a bit risky because you still don't know if your message, if your offer, if your audience is good. Mm. So you're basically spending a lot of money just to kind of like figure out your, your business. But yeah, you can save all that ad budget and keep it or reinvest it into something else. Yeah, wow. So, I know you uh, you were talking about LinkedIn, link So, I know you were talking about LinkedIn and you're a really strong advocate. Um, like who is LinkedIn working for right now? Like what what kind of businesses? Yeah, it's a good question. Honestly, anyone that's in the B2B space and even if you're in the B2C space like e-commerce, you know, you can go B2B to C. Right, yeah. and reach out to businesses that can sell your products for you to consumers doing like wholesale partnerships yeah. or whatever. So, you know, as long as there's some element of like selling to another business or ultimately just trying to get meetings with other businesses, then you're pretty much good to go. Um, it is more present for like, you know, medium size or large companies. Some very local businesses aren't going to be on LinkedIn, but you can even still find them on LinkedIn and get their email or something. So, yeah, as long as you're selling a service or something to a business or even a software, then, you know, you're good to go. Okay. And, uh, we, we, we will be delving into this process because I'm personally genuinely very intrigued and uh, 
like, yeah, your program, we're getting our team going through it. Like our marketing team's going to go through Sweet. it. Like I'm, I'm really pumped. So, um, you know, sales has a reputation to be a bit of a grind. And I'm curious, like, what are your thoughts here? Like, what, how do you combat this? Yeah, I think sales has a reputation of being a grind and then also being like something just people don't want to do because they think that they need to like sell super hard or be like pushy or kind of annoy prospects. But it doesn't have to be that way. That's just kind of a belief a lot of people have because maybe they've been sold to by like a really aggressive car salesman or someone at the mall with perfume, you know, in the past. So um, I think a lot of people have that bad perception. And that's why a lot of founders and entrepreneurs are kind of resistant to sales. That's why they do end up just relying on their network or ads or something. But it doesn't have to be that way. It's just all about how you sell, you know. Um, I really teach our clients just to sell in a very genuine way, just really trying to help the other person. Because that's what you are doing, right? Your service or your product, you don't probably think about it often, but it really helps someone with a problem in their life. So just keep the focus on that and you'll be a lot more natural in your communications. And yeah, it can be a grind for sure, but if you just learn to get good at it, if you learn the tricks, like like anything, how to be more efficient, a lot of stuff that we dive into in the program, then uh, can be way, uh, way easier. Let's talk about cold emails because... Um as you said, like we get a lot of them, right? And generally people don't like getting them. How, yeah. do you, what, what do you, how do you combat that? I thought the same thing in the past too. And I don't think it's people don't like getting emails. I think it's they don't like getting a bad email or like a, just a really annoying email or someone following up and sending them an email every day saying, hey, are you ready to buy it? You know, so I think like anything, it's all about the, the way you do it. Like you said, you probably get a bunch of email pitches that you just throw in the trash, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, dude, we get... 50 to 100 a day yeah like, like for being on founder and all sorts yeah of yeah, yeah definitely yeah, yeah, yeah. but you've had some that were good and that recruiter that you've done a ton of business with right yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 it was he wrote a really good email nice <laughs> yeah good enough yeah. yeah 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 so it's just all about how you do it and um, that just comes down to copywriting but i mean if i could share some quick tips it's really just not trying to go like right for the sale and not trying to have all this education and information. Yes. Because again, that's just gonna kinda turn people off when they don't even know you yet, really. Yes. But just more looking at the email as a way to start the relationship. You know, you don't need to ask someone for an hour of their time or ask them to buy something when you just send them an email, right? I always say that's like going up to a girl or guy at the bar and asking them to, to move in with you when you've never even met him before, right? So most people, they just try to go like cram the sales process so quick. But just, have, just be more casual in your outreach. Just try to start a conversation few sentences, maybe ask them if they have a problem, let them know like lightly what you do, but just don't go into this massive sales pitch because that's what kind of turns people off. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying this episode and learning a ton. As you know, in this series, we interview some of the greatest founders of our generation to find out how they did it. However, if you're thinking of starting your own business and you want to hear from some incredible stories from everyday people like you or I who are actually in the trenches only been building their business for maybe one year or two years, like that are building right now and they're really in the early stages, but they're getting success. You should come and check out our new podcast from Zero to Founder, hosted by our community manager, Molly Flynn. These are in the trenches stories from our very own successful students that have gone through some of our programs. People just like you who are deep within the process of building their very own successful business. These are the founders of tomorrow. You can find the From Zero to Founder podcast on all platforms. And remember, it's founder without the E. All right, now let's jump in the show. For someone that is listening, what advice would you give around identifying the perfect client? Because we talked about not all leads yeah. are created equal. 
Yeah, definitely. That's huge, honestly, because if you can get the targeting right as far as who you want to work with, then everything else becomes a lot easier. I would say, you know, first you have to really list out like what an ideal client looks like. If you haven't created a customer avatar or a buyer persona before, then that's going to be step one. But um, even as simple as just getting a piece of paper out and thinking like, what would what would make the qualities of a perfect client? And if you've been doing business already, just think back to your past clients. Think back to the f- five or 10 clients that were the easiest to work with, the most profitable, the easiest to sell to in the first place, and just kind of build your persona around that. And then once you have that, it's as easy as just going into LinkedIn, go- learning how Sales Navigator works, and use- playing around with the filters to, uh, to find those people. And then obviously I know you have a unique process around all yeah, that. Yeah, which... there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. And what are the biggest mistakes that you see people making when it comes to lead gen? Definitely trying to sell to everybody, you know, going really broad in their approach and not like laser focusing who's going to be the, the best fit for them. Uh, also giving up too early as well, because even to this day, after I've been doing this for almost a decade, there's still campaigns me and my team launched that don't work at first. But like all marketing, you got to tweak it, change some of the variables, and then you can get it to work. So yeah, a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people always ask me like, does cold email still work? Does LinkedIn still work? If you have an email, if everyone, assuming everyone in the world has an email, it, it works for sure. So yeah, just sticking with it and being willing to kind of like test with the copywriting, test with the targeting and just get it to work. So yeah, I'd say giving up too early, going too broad and not really trying to hone in on who the perfect client is. And then also just sounding like everybody else. You know, like I get tons of emails a day as well, tons of email pitches and everybody sounds the same in their email. It's like, hey, sorry to bother you. My name is this. I work at this company. I do this. Our product has this. And when you say that, it just sounds like everybody else. So you just got to be a little bit more unique than that, you know, to stand out. I know you give away like some incredible templates, proven templates in oh, the yeah, program sure. and all that kind of stuff. But I'm curious, like just for people watching and listening right now, can you give us an example of like your best performing subject line that people always open? Yeah, that's a question I get asked a lot for sure. So I would say one thing to keep in mind is definitely test subject lines because I've seen a subject line in one industry, you know, like completely bomb in another. Mm. Um a really common one that can generally work pretty well across the board is like, hey, name, you know, question for you, or hey, name, did you know about this? So basically not trying to make it seem like it's a sales email, you know, like if you're writing an ad, you might write really like dramatic, you know, ad copy, but your email should actually just blend in. So the subject line should be fairly straightforward. It shouldn't, it should almost be like a disguise, you know? Um, so yeah, quick question is good. You know, have time for a chat is good. And um Ultimately, if you can maybe have a subject line that just looks like it's something, it's a to-do list item, you know? Like if I sent you an email and I was like, hey, Nate, the report, you'd be like, oh, what's this? You know, you'd think it was from a coworker. Not that you're trying to deceive people, but you're just trying to kind of blend in with their day-to-day work. Yeah, you know? so it's, it would be as if you were writing the email, you actually go into Gmail and write it as if you were writing to a colleague. Yeah, and that's actually probably the best way to do it. I think that when you're trying to first figure out your templates, like write a real email to a real person because then you'll probably be a little bit less uh, awkward about it. What are other mistakes you see people make? Definitely not following up. Well, it's funny, people do both ends of the spectrum. They'd either follow up too much where it's spammy or they don't follow up at all and they think, you know, like if someone doesn't respond to your first message, odds are they just didn't see it or it got lost in their inbox. A lot of people send an email or they make a call to someone and they think, this person didn't get back to me, they, they hated my message or they hated my offer. But most of the time, if you match that person a second or a third or a fourth time, and give them some space so it's not too pushy, then they'll be like, oh yeah, thanks for reminding me about this. I meant to get back to you. So just kind of like sticking with it and playing uh, playing the long game. 
Yep. So what's the rule of thumb? Three, four emails on follow-up over what time period? Usually we do like four messages over two weeks. Yep. So trying to find that sweet spot between like staying on top of their mind, but not being, you know, super desperate or anything. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And uh, talk to me about your framework. Like you would be kind of skirting around it. Like what is your framework for finding clients and do you need a sales background to do this? You definitely don't because even though I've been doing this for a long time, like there was a point where I was brand new to sales, right? And I just had to figure it out myself. So um, yeah, you don't need to be super extroverted. You don't need to have sales background. Like I didn't have any marketing degree or work for a big agency or anything like that. I think it's just more having that right framework and putting the practice in. But we have a three-step framework for outreach. One is identify, two is message, three is convert. Basically, you just have to go from not winging it to having a system. Because a lot of people, they'll just, like you can go and email people, call people randomly, and you might get some results. But if you can have more of a three-step system and separate those tasks, you're way more efficient. So identify is first, you know, knowing who your ideal client is, what company they are, how big the company is, what the job title is that makes the decision. And then building a list all at once of at least a few hundred prospects. Yep. Then you actually go and message them. So you write your template ahead of time. You can have the template be like mostly the same where it's, you know, you're copy and pasting, but maybe customize a little bit, like the first line or two. That way you have that balance between something that you can scale because you're not writing a new message every time, but also a little bit of a personal touch to help stand out. And then three is just follow up. So like routinely going to all the leads that responded to you, but then ghosted you or all the people that, yeah, maybe they replied to your message and then they just kind of stopped answering. So um, yeah, always following up with the old leads because sometimes the timing is just off for somebody. Sounds too easy, man. It's not. <laughs> There's a way more to it. That's why we spent the last week shooting the whole course. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's it at a high level. <laughs> yeah, love it. And I'm curious. So you use it like what are the tools that you use to outreach you know we talked about outreach.io we talked Mm -hmm. about woodpecker there's some others like what's your preferred tool yeah there's a bunch that are great i think a lot of it is just preference you know they each have their little quirks but it's like whatever you're comfortable using but we use apollo to get data yep so you don't want to send an email to someone's generic company email like info at this company yep because the person you want to reach probably isn't checking that you want to get like the direct person's email. So Apollo can give you, you know, anyone's email pretty much. Yep. Uh, use Upgrade your LinkedIn to LinkedIn Sales Navigator because you just get way more features. Yep. And then for actually sending emails and managing the campaigns, we just use uh, Instantly.ai. Ah, it's a pretty yeah. new tool, but it's, yeah, it's pretty epic. Yeah, I've seen that one around because, yes, you know, I was looking into some of this stuff. Yeah, they yeah. can warm up the IPs mm-hmm. and all sorts of things, the domains. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, Instantly. Yep, okay. And then... Um, I'm curious, when it comes to the inbox management, that still happens in an actual Gmail account? Some people do it that way, but if you use instantly, you can reply to everyone within, a, like all your inboxes connect to one place and you can manage the replies in there. Got you. Mm. Okay. And we also use uh, expandy.io for LinkedIn automation. Got you. So you can have a tool that basically sends out your LinkedIn connection requests and messages for you. Yep. Got you, got you, got you, got you. And... I'm curious, so let's just say you have a list of a thousand prospects. Um, out of that thousand, how many, like first of all, when you're doing lead gen, it's just, it's just to get them, it's just basically to book an appointment, right? Yeah, you're Main not trying to make point. a sale. You're not, no. trying to tell a, you're not trying to tell the prospect all the wonderful things about your offer. Yep. You're just trying to get them into a meeting so you can do all that then. Yep, okay, so it's literally qualified bookings. Pretty much, yeah. Yep, and 
do you qualify the bookings when you send them to a booking page and, and what's your take with all of that side of things around, you know, like yeah. Calendly? Is it just straight to a Calendly or is it, yeah, how do you go about it? Calendly is good, yeah. We also share some examples in the course of how you can use a survey to fill out some of the leads that aren't really a good fit. Yep. But yeah, just create a, uh, get Calendly, create a survey. You can ask like five to 10 questions and kind of depends on what you're doing. But, you know, like if you don't work with startups, because we don't work with businesses that are, you know, like at zero at Revenue yeah. Boost. Yeah. So we just ask them, you know, what are their rough monthly revenues? Yep. We even tell them like what our minimum program costs. Yep. And we say, can you potentially invest this yep. if you like what we do? Yep. So like we're basically qu- qualifying the people out that don't have the budget right away and whatever else there is, you know? Yep. And uh, when it comes to the qualification process, I'm curious, do you qualify first and then book the call, allow people to book the call? Or do you find that you get them to book the call and then qualify? Yeah, we've, we've tried it different ways. I think usually if we suspect that the person might not be qualified, we'll just ask them up front. Yeah. But if we're not sure, it's better, because you want to make the process super seamless, right? Yeah. So it's better just to kind of book people in and then see after. You yeah. can always cancel the meeting if yeah. uh, their survey shows they're not a good fit. Just say, yeah. hey, sorry, I don't think this is going to be the right fit and I don't want to don't waste your time. Yeah, got you, got you, got you. Because, yeah, look, we, um, we've recently uh, developed an inside sales team Oh, awesome. Um, to a founder because, you know, we, we sell predominantly over online mediums and digital, right? But we found that a lot of people have questions around our programs or Founder Plus, our new all-access membership. And so we gave people, we give people the opportunity to book a call. Mm. Now, we find that um, from a, you know, we're getting pretty tactical here, but from a conversion standpoint, it's better to collect that person's name, email, and phone number then let them book a call. So they submit, so then so then if they don't book a call, we can follow up. Mm. And if they do book a call, then great. And then there's the qualification process. Um, I'm curious, so let's go back to it. So we've got a thousand prospects, How and you, we're, we're looking to get qualified bookings. How many roughly would you want out of a thousand prospects to be able to be a qualified leader books? Yeah, so of course there's going to be some variance. Yeah, if you're course. selling something that's fifty thousand dollars, you know, then you're happy yeah. with less yeah. versus something that's more low ticket. But generally, we look for like maybe a 0.5 to three percent booking yep. rate. Yep. So let's say it's a one percent booking rate. Yep. Out of a thousand leads, you would get uh, ten. Yes. Ten. Uh, ten bookings. Yep. Got you. Got you. Got you. So yeah. So ten to thirty bookings. Yeah. 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 Interesting. And. You find that LinkedIn is the best database to find prospects. Yeah, for sure, because it's a business database. Like we use Facebook too. We have a Facebook group. You can use, you know, um, you can use the other social channels too, but they're not really built for business. So you can't look up someone by their company, their job title. I mean, LinkedIn even tells you if a company has received, you know, venture capital, um, even their revenue as well. When you have, I mean, it's a range, but it even tells you their revenue levels when you have the premium version. So. Yeah, LinkedIn just collects all this data on its users and that's available to uh, to you. Yeah, so for you guys, if you found like a, if your prospect ideal client would be probably SaaS companies that maybe have done a a Series A or and they're, they're B2B and they've raised X amount of money and they're looking for a way to generate uh, users. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Isn't that a much easier prospect to reach out to than just everybody on the planet? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Got you, got you. What else haven't I asked you that you think people need to know when it comes to lead gen, especially in the B2B space? I think you haven't asked me, you know, like 
a lot of people always ask me, will this work for this industry or this offer? And it honestly works for everything, you know, because everybody has an email, you know, and even on LinkedIn, some industries aren't there as much, but you can still find them on LinkedIn and grab their email. And a lot of people ask me if cold email still works because, you know, people get so many email pitches a day. And since COVID, it's went up too because more people are, you know, doing business online. We can't go to like events and stuff anymore. Uh, But it definitely still works. It's just going to be a little bit harder to stand out. And when it comes to standing out, let's talk about that. We talked about subject line. What about body? Yeah, so I think keep it pretty short. I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I see a sales pitch in my inbox, it's like a whole essay, right? which I'm not really going to take the time to read if I'm in a rush or just trying to clear out my inbox, right? So definitely keep it really short, like as short as even three to five sentences if you can. And um, not focus on your product and the features and the benefits. You don't even really need to say what it is you do or how it is you help people. Mm -hmm. You could just say, cover like the problem that you solve, you know, maybe the priorities or the goals that the potential client has. And then you can either introduce like the results or the benefits of what you do, but not even actually saying what you do, you know, because it just doesn't matter yet, right? People have to first realize like, oh, I I do have this problem or I do actually need this before they want to ask like, okay, what's your service and how it works and all that. Mm -hmm. So you're kind of flipping the script to instead of talking about yourself, talking more about that other person's world. So if we wanted to prospect our ideal client, um, perhaps it's an agency Mm. with between 10 to 50 staff. Yeah. And we know we have an incredible product, uh, Founder Plus, our all-access membership, where we have you know people like yourself teaching incredible things that are actually done it, like everything you need to know to grow your business or even help you start it, but get on the cutting edge of what's actually working in online marketing, et cetera, et cetera, um, and business and entrepreneurship. So let's say we want to we want to find people that have agencies. We know that we have an incredible product that can help train up their staff and give them a cutting edge, like. What kind of email would you write to sell Founder Plus? Hmm, that's a good question. So if you're reaching out to like maybe companies with 10 to 50 employees, mm-hmm. I'd probably, well, there's a few different ways you can spin it, right? Because inside of Founder Plus, you guys have like so much, like I've seen the back end, right? So mm-hmm. you have sales training, lead generation training like this, yeah. even like I've seen growth hacking, yep, content gro- marketing, all yep, that. Email marketing, you name it, yeah. Yeah, so... You could, first, you'd have to kind of pick a focus for that, right? I mean, you could probably try some campaigns where you're just talking about like the whole of what you do, but maybe it might make sense to have some campaigns that are just specifically on, you know, either like a job function yep. at that agency. Yep. Or a PPC focused agency because, you know, we've got TikTok ads, YouTube ads, Facebook ads. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So maybe you could target like a marketing director or PPC manager at an agency, say something like, hey, you know, I talk to a lot of marketing directors like you and they all tell me with rising ad cost and iOS 15, it's becoming really hard to scale campaigns profitably. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but at Founder, we have courses from, you know, some of the best experts in the world that are updated frequently with the, all the algorithm changes. And we've helped a lot of clients like X, Y, and Z yep. increase their ad campaigns by yep. X, Y, and Z. Would you like to take a look at it sometime? See, that was like just a few sentences. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice and simple. Yeah. It's enough intrigue exactly. that you want to reply because it's a no-brainer, right? Like some people would be, oh, this is spent. But it's, it's actually, it's genuine. You're reaching out and it, you've showcased the value. You've showcased how you can help solve a problem. Mm. You've inserted some social proof and case study. So it's like, I understand you have this yeah. problem. We have a solution that can help you. And we've got a little bit of a teaser, like, would you like to know more? Like, it's, it's, it's not, 
let's book a call and find out. Yeah, it's yeah. not go here and buy for a special offer. It's, would you like to know more? Yeah, perfect. Because most of the time when someone gets interested for if they read something and you ask them for something big, then they're going to be like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not so sure about that, right? I don't want to give an hour of my time. But if you just at least get them to reply, then you can have the conversation a little bit more. So would you like to know more? Is that a, is that a staple for AJ? That's a good one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, uh, we don't ask for meetings anymore in the first email. We yeah. might say, like, do you want to chat? But, you know, I find most people, they send an email and they're like, are you free tomorrow for 45 minutes? And it's just, it's just too much too fast, you know? Yep, yep, yep. Got you. Interesting. Okay, awesome. Well, dude, this has been really insightful, super valuable. A um, couple last questions. Finally, uh, why, why come back? Why go full circle and, and teach on our platform, on, on Founders Education platform? Uh, you guys have been one of my favorite brands for the longest time. I'm super grateful for the opportunity to help uh, yeah, work with you guys and also reach more people and get this information out through your platform. Because people need to know this. Yeah. It's a struggle to be an entrepreneur and you know, not knowing how to sell, not knowing how to get leads just adds to it. Mm, yeah, no, awesome, man. Well, dude, like I said, I know the guys have been having a blast working with you the past week. I've you know, been in and out at the office yeah. all day. I'm super pumped to go for the course, get our marketing team to go for yeah. the course. But uh, look, man, where's the best place people can find out more about you and your work as well? Um, yeah, you can add me on Facebook or LinkedIn. It's AJ Casada, yep. uh, C-A-S-S-A-T-A. And we have a Facebook community called B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets where we share like loads and loads of training and interviews like this as well on the subject. Awesome. And then your company's Revenue Boost. Yeah. Revenueboost.io, I think. Revenueboost.net. Revenueboost.net. Awesome. Yeah. Well, AJ, thank you so much, brother, for taking the time. You've come down from Vietnam. We're here in Melbourne in our studio. You've shot an incredible course. We can't wait to share it. If you're watching this, listening, make sure you enroll. Like this is game changing the stuff that's on this program. And make sure you check out Founder Plus because you get access to that plus so many more incredible programs. So AJ, thank you so much, brother. Thanks for having me, man. Absolute pleasure. Yeah. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.